Hello friends, how are you? My name is Colm and this is the Sober Mess podcast and you're very welcome. Today I am absolutely chuffed to be joined by my good pal Ben Crockwell. Ben is an entrepreneur, world-class powerlifter as well as the founder of the Better Man Project and I'm chuffed to have him here on the podcast for a chat. So Ben, how are you man? Good man, thanks for having me on. It's great to have you here. How's yeah. your day going? Good man, long day, long week. It's Friday now, so it's uh, it's good though. Yeah. So as someone that like guides someone around like health and nutrition, and as well as engaging in better habits, what what's the day? What's your morning ritual look like? At the moment, it is I'm bringing back in a bit. Like I'm always on and off of meditation, but it's something that I'm always on the go with things. I'm very type A. Like let's fucking go, let's go, let's go. I'm like that all the time. So. I'm trying to like treat myself to slowing down life and not rushing all the time. And I think a quick 10 minutes in the morning, it's a bit of breath work. I use that Headspace app. A few, there's different ones, mm. Calm and Sam Harris, those ones, all different yeah. ones. Any of them that work for you. And I'm kind of on and off of that. I'm consistent with everything in my life by that. Yeah, it's just yeah. not in line with my personality, which is the powerlift and the work. It's all this aggressive stuff. So I'm trying to bring that in, kind of yin to yang, you know. And uh, so, yeah, I get up 5 a.m. every single day, Sunday as well. And... Uh, I put on my food for the day, just kind of graze around in the morning, cut coffee, normal shit, like put on my food for the day so it's all ready to go. And then within about 45 minutes to an hour, I cram in a 10 minute meditation, which I shouldn't cram. And then I'm cracking straight into work then for the whole day. So it's about 6 a.m. to about 7 p.m. on a busy day, but uh, with the gym in between and stuff, you know, so it's just straight into work. There's no kind of big thing, just maybe 10 minutes of meditation. And uh, cracking straight in. And would, would you feel it now if you skipped the meditation? Do you find your days a bit more kind of turbulent yeah. or stressful? Or hmm. It's mad, isn't it, how that can make such a difference? Like, you know, mm. I'm like you as well. I'm real go, go, go. Yeah. So stillness always kind of agitates me a little bit. But when I do sit still and I do meditate, it just, it's like I just plug into this better frequency where like I'm just more flowy throughout the day, more tolerance of people, have more tolerance for the traffic jams and whatever yeah, it is. Yeah. And if I when I do that bit of, when I don't do that meditation, like everything is on my nerves. Mm. I'm on edge. I'm just that bit agitated. Mm. Like it's, it's, I remember hearing Tim Ferriss say that it's like, he does 20 minutes as his recommendation and uh, he'd be like kind of very type A personality. He's like, it's fucking go, let's go, let's go like that. And for him, he does his 10 or 20 minutes in the morning. And he said the reason why he does it, because he wasn't into the kind of woo-woo hippie side of it. But from a practical standpoint, that's kind of how I would think as well. Um, he would uh, look at it in the way where that split second before you react to something is then, as you just said there, like a car cuts you off in traffic instead of going like, fuck you, bollocks. Like you're way less likely to do that by doing that meditation beforehand. So you're like training your mind in a way to be less reactive throughout the day. Yeah. So it gives you that split second before you're an asshole. I love you know? that, yeah. And yeah. like I think that's that famous quote Victor Frankl has, you know, between stimulus and reaction, there lies our freedom. It's like someone yeah, says yeah. something to you and how you respond to that. <clears throat> and that's it. <clears throat> I remember as well someone saying like, this 10 second reel, sorry. <clears throat> Where like if when they feel agitated, they count to 10 before they react and they said like it's literally saved their marriage like you know what I mean or just to pause when agitated so someone could say Mm. something and you could be just having a bad day and rather than react and you know it happened to me a few weeks ago you know I I got an email that kind of annoyed me a little bit so I I was writing the 
best ever email you know they're gonna read this and be like wow Colin you're so right that's yeah. the greatest <laughs> argument ever that was so yeah. intelligent you're so smart and writing as a novel of an email but before they sent it, I went for this long walk and I came mm. back and I read the email again and I just deleted it and I was just mm. like you know and it's all to take that look as what you said just to pause when agitating and go for that little walk or count to ten because mm. sometimes our first reaction is always the wrong reaction yeah yeah you never win an argument that's yeah. in there how to win friends and influence people that like, kind of read that i've read that so many times i always forget all the good shit yeah. and uh because i'd be like that in an argument i'd be like no no you have to understand me and hear my point of view yeah. and all that childish shit like the ego taking over you know but then when someone said that's like you never actually win an argument even if you have proven someone wrong and it's all factual ever it's still you don't walk away happy you're not like fuck yeah. i wasted three hours there yeah yeah they're off just saying less than necessary and yeah that's it. even though i'm saying this now saying like it's smooth I'm reminding myself as I'm saying it to you. Yeah, it is so true because it's like if someone like sees something from totally different perspectives and you're like, no, this is a better football team. No, that's a better mm. football team. And you're, you're never going to get to the end of it. And I think the best advice I ever got is like, how do you stop a game of tennis? Is You just pick up the ball, put it in your pocket and walk mm. away. Yeah. And it's like that when you're having this back or forth and no one's going to back down, you know, because mm. the ego, you know, oh, you want to be right. You know, and it's just like, just walk, like, just walk away. What? No one wins in this, you know yeah. what I mean? So... Totally, it's like peace of mind. And it, t- it takes time to learn that. It's like, would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? Hmm. Hmm. 100%, man. Many of them over the years. And hopefully, like, each year I get a bit better at it. I was way more reactive when I was younger. I went more tetchy. You know, when you're fucking puberty yeah. and going into that and becoming a man, that's the bridge. But you're still kind of undoing old habits and stuff. And it takes a long time to shift. Because I think a lot of people, I remember reading the quotes, like, you you, you die when you're 30. Or a lot of, everyone dies when they're 30. Something like that, like, psychologically as in they're like this is me for the rest of my life can't teach a old dog new tricks type of thing and uh that's the opposite of kind of how i want to live i'm always like no there's holes in my personality that need to be filled if that sounds a bit weird but yeah, <laughs> yeah. i'm trying to say it's like it's it's a constant improvement um taking responsibility as quick as you can for your actions and uh, falling on the sword a bit more rather yeah. than just being the i'm right all the time you know and i think yeah. people that are like that the finger point and think that they're always right tend to push people away and not really have a good existence versus kind of going maybe i'm shit in this area and i could improve here you know especially you're hearing multiple people saying the same thing yeah you know? like if my sister's like ben you're a bit of a dickhead there and this thing and then my partner fiance is like you're a dickhead there as well i'm like oh shit two people are saying the same thing yeah. separate rooms here this is a trend so yeah. maybe there's something on here you know but it's the ability to say that you're doing something wrong i think is the hard part most people need to kind of including myself continuously work on you know yeah and that's the thing like and sometimes just to ask ourselves like, how important is it like yeah. no one's gonna be at your funeral and be like i remember ben this great time you know we had this yeah. argument with some stranger on twitter <laughs> and he was so right you know yeah. he was so right and he spent hours and hours and hours and it's just like why am I wasting my time like doing this? You know, and and that's and I heard a quote recently. You know that everyone has two lives, mm. and and the second one starts when you realise you've only got one life. You know, yeah, and that we yeah. we grow up chasing all the superficial things, the the validation, trying to impress strangers, and then we we get to an age where we're like, hold on, why am I wasting my time doing all these? Like, you know, what about family? What about my health? What about all the things that are important mm. like, you know and it's trying to get the and i think we need to go down them little roads of mm. superficial endeavors to realize wait that's actually not that important yeah yeah like you're gonna die like that's the thing people forget and um it's weird though i think it's just like now with humans obviously millions of years you, you tend to put that off but then like a hundred years goes quick and it's a small little blip in the universe and it's like that your little pocket of time so it's just like if you remind yourself what's that um, uh, 
Still a quote people say. Oh, momentous more. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Momento more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Every, like everything dies. Yeah. yeah. So it can kind of completely shift. Because I don't understand it, people. I'm very kind of like, if I get in an argument with someone, it's I used to hold grudges a lot more and not let go of shit. And I was just like, I'm holding this thing where they don't give a fuck. And the whole like living in the head rent free type yeah. of thing. I think it's better just move on from shit. Like shake hands, squash the beef. And if you don't like the break, just don't talk to them again. It's a simple. Yeah. Unless it's family, then maybe a bit more effort needs to be involved. Mm. Even though for I know for some people it can be end of the road at times in their mind, but I do think that you can kind of work it out if you can guess. If you can walk into it first with the mindset of being like, "I'm gonna die," and I'm willing to just kind of squash the beef here, but a lot of yeah. people don't put the hand out first, you know. Yeah, so yeah. it's uh, yeah a weird way to look. I heard someone say before that holding a grudge is like you drinking the poison and hoping the other person yeah. dies. Yeah, literally. You know, yeah. yeah, it's Nuts. bizarre. So Ben, bring us right back to the start, man. Because I know you've you've so much stuff going on in the life, but I want to like get to know the man and what how what kind of led you into where you're at today, and just go like right back to like childhood. What do you think were some uh, deciding factors that kind of prompt you to be where you're at today? Yeah, well, like with lifting was always the one, the root of it, like lifting weights and bodybuilding and all that. Even though I never competed in bodybuilding, just getting big and jacked and all that type of stuff was always my little kind of oasis of peace if that makes sense where it's no matter how bad life was going on i still would go to the gym and that was my and you, you discovered that at a young age oh yeah yeah man there was like because yeah. t- i grew up like in a bit of a, a rough household but like my dad would have had a bit of a issues he's fond of the alcohol okay and, yeah, <laughs> yeah that yeah. wasn't good being around an addict and i learned a lot i was i've said this before in other other chats and i've had it lads but i learned what not to do yeah being around things like that and uh, how much it can destroy your soul. And that's why I don't do any of that crap anymore. Like, I do not drink. I do not smoke cigarettes. I don't do anything. And um, I take testosterone and shit like that. And I was taking yeah. steroids and stuff for powerlifting, which I'm open as hell to talk about. But it's because uh, I was in line with the goal. So that's yeah. how I justify it. You know, it's not healthy, but it's not like altering your mind, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And maybe. <laughs> a bit more temper, maybe. Um, but yeah, so it's it's kind of in that realm. I kind of idolized these guys that were like WWE was the first one. Yes, uh, fucking The who, Rock, Batista. The Rock. Who was your favorite? It was our superstar, Randy Orton. At that age, like then okay. to Batista, they start getting bigger, and I was yeah. like, oh, he's even he's bigger. fine now, man. Yeah. The acting man, he's yeah. doing great. Yeah, very good. And it was they, they're big, tall, strong, and posing. Do you know, men, he was you know? just a bit. At a, a nightclub, and WWE was out in a town, and one of the I don't know if it's producers or writers yeah. went to this nightclub, seen him there, and seen the size of him. Yeah, I was like, would you ever be interested in joining okay. WWE? I didn't and even that, know that, and okay. that's how we, how we got into it. Yeah, okay, but yeah, well, I would see them on TV, and like I think I like a lot of guys in the nineties and early days that they were like the heroes from yeah, a lot of dudes, yeah. like and UFC is more so that way now, you know, because it's real. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. WWE was cool and then seeing them like that that was the foundation for me to want to go to the gym and start lifting weights about 13-ish or something and then uh, gradually turned into like Arnold Schwarzenegger being the new goal and yeah. looking like that and then it just grew from there and then it kind of dawned on me that like I don't didn't want to get on stage and do the bodybuilding kind of stuff mm. but I still liked the idea of being jacked and then started getting results for myself and then I think it was about 20 I started doing kind of personal training I bounced and all that kind of stuff in between like sm- small jobs you know but uh, once I got results for myself, and then I started helping out with my brother. My little brother was one of my first dudes I was working with, and then not working with, but just training. Started getting results for others, and then yeah, it just kind of took off from there, you know. So wow. it was uh, me just doing it as an example, but not with the intention of oh, I'm going to be a coach one day. It was just yeah. like I want to get jacked as fuck. Like that's what I wanted to do. That's all I cared about. Yeah. Then it transitioned into being able to serve others with that same thing. So you pick the skills up by accident, you know yeah. what I mean? That you can then teach others, you know? And do, do you feel like it was like a coping mechanism at the time? Your dad kind of just to help kind of 
deal with that situation going on at home. Yeah, yeah, man. It was it was escapism in a way because it's like pure, like it's presence. You know what I mean? Like when yeah. you're, it's like fishing or something. When you're there, you're like actively doing something. You're concentrating on the on the lift and whatever you're doing. You know, and how like the desire of looking like a big strong guy was always the fascination and like the present they'd have in a room and all that type of stuff was the lure that pulled me in but day to day because you don't get jacked overnight it doesn't work like that like yeah. it takes years to put on muscle and getting shape can happen pretty quick but um it was the yeah it was a form of escapism it was my little place where it felt like i was the only thing i was doing right in life because yeah. bollocks in school didn't really just fucked around and give a shit about school I'm sorry from cursing. If oh, of course, away, man. Curse away, please. Was, say what you want in this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was like my only thing that was giving me, it was purpose for me. It was yeah. huge, you know. I had no purpose in anything else. Didn't like school, didn't like rugby, didn't like all the sports that were in school. Field sports wasn't any of that stuff. And for me, I liked bodybuilding uh, or that style of training um, and kind of strength, power building, that kind of mix, powerlifting and bodybuilding, getting big and strong because it was like in my control because I lived in an environment where everything was out of my control. You get me? So it was kind of like, when you're around like an alcoholic and things like that, it's so hectic where like, are they going to come on drunk? Are we going to go on a family holiday and they just go off drinking? It's like, everything's out of your control. It's not a normal, you're not sitting around having dinner every night like normal families do. It's none of that. You're on your own in a TV room by yourself. No one there. Like not no one there. Your mom, my mom was brilliant. Mm. She'd care and she's wearing two hats at once. God help her, you know, she'd be a mom and a dad. But uh, she's there jugging his shit while trying to be a mom so there's a lot of hectic stuff there so you're a bit of video games to escape and then lifting weights that was kind of my the thing that was in my control that's kind of in a way what forged my personality then over time because now i'm very kind of like in the sense of with my work it's like i'm in control of my business i'm controlling my clients if i can help them do their thing you know what i mean um controlling my training it's like that so it's a control freak in a way but in a positive i look at it as a fucking superpower i have no regrets over you know but i like it because i can easily say no to shit it'll be like hyper disagreeable which i yeah. also look at as like a good trait in my now it sounds kind of arrogant saying i have a good trait but i mean um it served me well because i'm happy with how things have turned out yeah, that's that's fascinating man especially around the control thing and it can identify mm. so much with that you know like that i grew up in an alcoholic home and you know and and not having control over things and focusing on the stuff i did have control of and like mm. that you were able to control when you were doing weights or playing the playing the video games and yeah. but you were perilous over what mood is my dad gonna be in you mm. know is he happy is he sad you know and mm. and and, fo- and using the escaping into control you know and i heard someone say recently like the number one addiction in the world is control yeah that we always delve into like even for me man like i learned from a young age i couldn't control how i felt you know i had yeah. feelings and emotions but what I did learn is that I could regulate my feelings by finding something on the outside of myself. So I could I could actually control how it felt by taking something on the outside of myself. So I'd feel a certain way. So I'd drink something or I'd eat something or I'd take something or I'd buy something or it could be lust or it could be overworking yeah. or, you know, so there was an action I could take to help regulate how I felt on the inside, mm. seeking escapism and you know, and that's the thing. I was just an escape artist, just escaping out how I was feeling, escaping out I was sitting with my feelings and just mm. sitting in my own skin. And it's mad like that you can control, like you can control when you take a drink, you know, you yeah. feel low. It doesn't matter if it's a broken nail, a broken washing machine, a broken marriage. But as soon as you take that drink, you're hitting the dopamine button. Mm. You're like, well, mm. or it could be the cake. You hit the dopamine button or it could be the placing a bet or buying something online, whatever the thing yeah. is but every time i do a i feel like b mm. so you've just learned behavior then to escape into you're very good perspective man yeah jesus i'm learning more about myself here as you're talking about it yeah fucking hell it's uh that is what it is man it, yeah over control that makes a lot of sense 
because even now like I still have parts of that where it's like I, would, I was only talking to my partner Bonnie with this last night where I'm like cup of tea before bed like two owl ones I was saying <laughs> I uh, what were you saying that's like a wild night now yeah like wild night when you don't the only time I would have told Jake was a few custard creams on a Friday <laughs> late late show yeah literally <laughs> well. I'd uh, I was like to her, I was like, I'm always so like restless towards things that like if I'm sitting still, I feel like I'm not doing something enough or not doing something right. It's that sitting with your feelings thing. I'm still learning how to undo that, man, after fucking 30 now, you know? Yeah. So it's uh, it's going in the right direction. It's, uh, there's definitely things that I was leaning into escapism more. So like smoking weed, a lot of weed for the last mm-hmm. 10 years, like, and uh, learning going to my 30s. I was like, it's a new decade here. You know, even the odd bit of cigarettes and shit. Like, I'd start having the odd one or two and then they would turn into 40 cigarettes in fucking yeah. a day. Like, I was like, what the fuck? So it was, um, yeah, it was that type of thing, man. You can get, they can lose one of yourself pretty quick as well, you know? Do you think that's just part of the human experience that we're always going to be delving into something? Like, me at the moment is like mad endurance sports and it's mm. like, oh, you have a healthy balance. But like, like I've never met a man with balance, either no. be add- addictive or non-addictive. I've never met anyone with balance. Like everything is like to the extreme, and it's all these different coping mechanisms. It could yeah. be sports, it could be drinking drugs, it could be work. You know, mm. but it's like it's nearly like a human feature that we are. We're always de- delving into something and and get and developing an unhealthy relationship. With mm. it. Well, it's dope. I mean, man, like it's at the end of the day, like it's built empires and like we have hospitals, we have schools, like these things. There's good that's come from it in the sense of like. Say you're a multimillionaire and you build a fucking school or something like you feel good that you did that. And loads of people are giving you recognition because like, oh, you built this school and like you did a good thing. But it feels good that you did a good thing because I listen to loads of dudes who are worth hundreds of millions. And people are always like, oh, when's enough enough? Like in terms of making money, because like if you're after five million, you're pretty much set for life. But if you don't spend money like a fucking idiot, you know, and they were like, you're making more and more you're at 100 million, 200 million and so on. And he's like, yeah, but I'm giving away a shitload of it. Like and I'm helping these people. I'm building wells in Africa, schools here, all these type of things. I think it just becomes like, like it's. I I just think leaning into it can be okay if it's serving you and others. Mm. You know what I mean? Like working out. Um, I don't know, building a business, doing charity work, things like that. They are that's a reward. Like it feels good once you've done the thing. It's not as instant as like pornography and drugs would be. You know what I mean? They're very quick. Whereas building your body takes time. Getting good. BJJ is what you're expert yeah. yeah developing. Then you're day one. You're probably shy. Like and then you're way better. It's not instant reward, yeah. you know what I mean? But still, I think the pursuit of the reward, especially if it's a delayed one and it's more worthwhile, it, it can be a good thing. And I just look at it that way, you know? I don't like to look at it as a bad thing, you know? Because yeah. then it's, it's like, it's it's part of your brain anyway and kind of... Delayed gratification type know? of thing, yeah. 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 yeah, that's, I think, anything that you work for is always good. Like, if you have a microwavable dinner, it's going to be crap, like. Yeah. It's going to be full of <laughs> processed shit. Yeah. But if you take your time, cook your food, mm. and it's fresh, it's going to be good. And I think that's like anything in life. Mm. Anything that you work for mm. is always good. But if you're getting cheap pleasure, if it's the sugar, if yeah. it's the porn, if it's the alcohol, the drugs, you know, there's mm. always immense consequences 100%. to the quick pleasure. Like, mm. So there's no, like, like, there's no shortcuts in life. Mm. I know, I know. And I think, like, a little... A little escape's okay if you can kind of tame the beast, like, as yeah. long as it doesn't own you, you know? Uh, I'm not saying just sit in fucking church all day and do nothing, you know? But it's like, have a bit of crack here and there. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to never have a joint again, you know? Now, because yeah. it's not like, now for some people I know that I could never again. Some people have to be like that. I totally get that and I respect that. But um, it's, it's uh, if you're not losing the run of yourself and you're kind of improving each year and not just settling, you know? Yeah. Like, if you look back five years and nothing's changed, like, to me, that wouldn't, if that's what you're happy with, go for it, you know? But like, 
I would that wouldn't sit well with me, you know. You yeah. know, I, I like to look back and go, fuck, that's a shitload of things have changed since then, you know. Yeah. So it's uh things that are worthwhile in my opinion. You so would see growing up and seeing the way your dad was, did that kind of put you off to partying and drinking? Because scene? he was fond of it, yeah. yeah. You know? There was okay. trades yeah that were brilliant because he was very successful. He came from Galway, small town, everything like that. The whole kind of rags to riches story. Not rags like fucking poverty struck him, but like I mean tw- family of twelve in Galway in okay. the fucking sixties wasn't exactly yeah. Beverly Hills, you know what I mean? Uh, sleeping on a couch and stuff he was telling me when he was younger so and his uh, dad was like 60 when he was born so he had a lot of issues from wow. a young age okay. I used to talk to him about this when I was like 15 and because uh, I used to be like why are you drinking like, I used to never wrap my head around this shit like and he was yeah. just like oh I'm depressed and not that bluntly putting it but just like he'd be there talking to me about it wow so he's very open like my, my yeah, dad yeah, wouldn't yeah. have been that open yeah 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 oh he, he hated that he had it but it owned him that was the problem and that's the only thing that okay. I'd have a chip on my shoulder with and that he let it own him did he know? ever come to realisation or admit that he had a problem oh 100% like? man he'd be okay. in and out of rehab loads you oh, know? Wow. and I'd be I, I got to the point where I'd have to go to rehab with him and I'd be like I got tricked into it one time because I gave up I was like I'm not fucking going to support this shit he doesn't want to do it himself because like an mm. addict's ever only going to change if they want to do it themselves you can't pin them down I think back in the 90s 80s and you used to do that yeah. make them go to John of Gods and shit yeah. um, what's the sectioning I think it is um, you can pretty sure you can't do that anymore anyway in Ireland but if they don't want to do it they're not going to do it and yeah. I kept I just was like I don't give a shit and he would go to like the best rehabs come out of them six months stint of like oh shit he's actually being normal here like start exercising all this stuff and then the demons will come back and start doing it again and no. I'm like for fuck's sake and then uh, where it really hit me he ended up being in a coma one time and I was like yeah this is like watching I know it's kind of like it seems kind of weird talking about my dad so openly with this but it's like so many fuckers gone behind closed doors, gone through this type of shit, yeah. and it's like it's important to talk about it, in my opinion, because it doesn't own you anymore. If you're, I used to hide it until I was about twenty-one. I'd be like, oh no, no one can know about my childhood or all this kind of stuff, and yeah. I'd have like a normal face in school and everything, and be like, fine. And you up to three a.m. with fucking fighting and roaring and all this shit, and you wouldn't tell anyone, you know. Yes. Whereas now I'm like, fuck, that doesn't own me anymore, so mm. I can openly talk about it, you know, because I know a lot of it's like one in three are like alcoholics in homes. There's something crazy like. Especially Ireland, which is fucking rampant with cocaine and alcohol, which is unfortunate. But it's the type of thing where it just it just takes your soul, that shit. And even if you think it's not, it's like, because you can be like a half alco, you know what I mean? Where it's not just a full boat, like fucking abuser, wife beater, stereotype, lying in a gutter. If you're drinking multiple times a fucking week and like you're not happy with your life, that to me, it's like a, it's like a functioning alcoholic, you know what I mean? Same type of thing, you know? So you kind of come in in batches of that and... I saw him get into a coma and that was the one to me when he started drinking after the coma because he's like a 50-50 if he was going to live or not. He came out of that and survived and I was like, fair play. I was like 15. That was the one time I like broke down like, t- like crying. I was like, holy shit, he's going to fucking pass here and uh, dealing with his death nearly, you know. And uh, as if he hadn't died yet. It was 50-50 in the hospital. And then when a year, a year, eight months or something like that, but he started hitting the bottle again. I was, like, for, I was like, okay, now he's like, not dead to me in a cliche movie sense, but I mean... My, I literally was like, oh, fuck, okay, this is like, he's definitely going to die. And then a year and a half later, then kicked the bucket, you know. Okay, and it was, I'm uh, sorry to hear that, man. Yeah, no, but like the dealing with the, the death was when I was 15. But like when he actually died, he was like already, I knew it was going to happen. So it didn't actually hit me hard at all, you know. So it was a weird, very weird thing to process. You know, I dealt with it already before it even happened. You know what I mean? Okay. And then, uh, yeah, so I was going to tell my brother and sister and all this kind of stuff, you know. So oh, it's, well, uh, man, yeah. It's not good, man. You know, so I don't think, uh, that's why I said I learned what not to do. Because I have my own daughter now. I'm 30 now and I plan to have plenty more kids in the future. And uh, 
be fucking ironic in 10 years when they're drinking away yeah. after this podcast yeah. but I'm saying that uh, sorry for the fucking somber fucking tone here but that's what happened and I think a lot of people kind of go through that shit and if you're the child of something like that as well I think it's good to be aware of it that you have the gene mm-hmm. in you and uh, as you were saying yourself that your own your old old man was the same type of thing you know that like that it, the shit does carry on you know so we have to the book stops here I'm not yeah. letting that shit continue on in my own heritage you know I don't want my own kids fucking growing up seeing that crap you know yeah and, and, all, and yeah man that's that's powerful you know it's a really powerful yeah, story yeah. and you said a lot of stuff that resonated with me you know particularly when you were saying like putting on the mask you know the normal mask and relate to that you have all the mm. madness and the dysfunction going on at home and then mm. you just go to school and just like desensitise to everything yeah. and uh, I think it's that thing you know the, the, the Irish culture thing of growing up in my home you know it didn't matter about the dysfunction or the madness going on in mm. the house once the neighbours didn't know once they didn't find out mm. so I internalised that as an adult then so as, a, yeah. as an adult I was depressed I was anxious mm. but I thought if we can convince the lads or the guys in work everything was fine Mm. and I'd hide behind the masks the joker the clown the happy yeah. guy but beneath it all it was falling apart because yeah. I learned that from a young age don't let people know what's going on don't let people know your weaknesses know. or your struggling or your darkness and just just get on with it and throw it in the back seat yeah it's this no shame of it you know mm. and it's, it's, that's why I like to talk I know this is such a beeline from like talking about work and parents and stuff but it's uh, it is important I think because I do get messages from lads that are going through similar patches you know and they're kind of like in the middle of that and I wish when I was like 12 or 15, I heard someone in the same kind of camp, like that there's a light at the end of the tunnel for yourself. It's not always grim, you know? Mm. And uh, yeah, so just, and if you're in the middle of doing it to others, it's kind of good to maybe have a look and stop, you know? So yeah, it's uh, it is, easier yeah. said than done though, you know? Yeah, and no, I remember like our, my, my mom used to bring us to Anilon or Alateen, yeah. so I was like supportive of a family member. And it was like that, that you're realising that, that, that like, they're just not well. They have an illness, like you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. That like that alcoholism is, is is just an illness. And like what you said, it's just you know the demons and trying to just mm-hmm. numb it out. And and I remember I think growing up, I'm not going to be an alcoholic. And then that that self fulfilling prophecy where I fell into the party and I felt I into know. the using drink as as oblivion, you know, chasing mm-hmm. that numbness or that that escape, like mm-hmm. you know. But and but at the same time, if it wasn't for my my own dad's struggles, I don't think I would have come aware of it. Mm. I kind of would have thrown in the back seat for it and just gone on with life. But I think because of the way, uh, with my dad, and my dad actually, he got sober, you know, mm. he passed away a few years ago. Sorry and, here, man. Yeah. No, 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 it's cool. But he, like, had a, would have had a big influence, like, with me, kind of giving up the drink, you know what I mean? Because mm. he'd done it in his later life and... Uh, you know, but and then that kind of normalized it, you know, because mm. you're growing up in Ireland, you, someone that doesn't drink, there must be something wrong with them. One, like, yeah, yeah it's like, yeah. you're better off being like a blackout, wet in the bed, two oh. black guys drunk, waking up in the flower bed drunk, <laughs> than being the sober guy with the sparkling water or the rock shandy. And it's that yeah. mad belief that we have, like, know, you know? know, it is shifting. I'm seeing a lot more dudes now kind of not lean into that crap anymore, you know, but yeah. it's, uh, and you were saying as well about it being an illness. I completely agree. Yeah. It's, it's a thing like that. But at the same time, like at least fight the fucking illness. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, if I had cancer, I wouldn't up my smoking intake. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. it's like people kind of just, when they say it's an illness, I feel like they kind of, not justify it, but they kind of like lean into the whole, um, believe in their own bullshit, but they're kind of like, oh, I have an illness, so it's okay. Where it's like, it's unacceptable. You know what I mean? Like you have to like, not like it is a, yeah, to get your dealing with it. It might, this is my perspective. I'm not mm. talking about like psychologists or anything like that's yeah, either yeah. wrong or doctors or anything like that. I'm just saying kind of like, I do think the mind's a powerful thing and you can negotiate with it a little bit more. 
and not lean into the whole kind of like, oh, this is the way it is. I just have an illness and just yeah. get on with life and then let it fuck you up. Like, no, no, no. You can fight the fucker like a lot of people do. And I, th- I remember hearing years ago that one real powerful thing. And again, I don't know if this is bullshit or not. I like to believe it, though. I think uh, power of placebo is, works. It's an effect, you know. Um, I remember Dr. Eric Serrano said that one of the main things when people get cancer that's really potent that he's noticed in his own clinic he's like a cancer specialist. He was saying that uh, hope, as weird as as that sounds, hope to survive, like the willingness to do it and your family being arranged and support you there and you being like, fuck this, I'm not letting this shit take me over. That has helped a lot of people. I'm not saying it cures it or anything, but he says that he notices a trend versus like if you, you know, you can like psychologically give up. Give up, yeah, yeah. And your body just goes follow suit with it. You know, I think the mind's a powerful fucker and uh, it can be bargained with. Yeah. And the better you bargain with it, I think you can lay one brick down at a time and it gets fucking strong. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then that wall is a lot harder to tear down. Weird metaphor, but... No, it's brilliant, man. Sense. And 100%, yeah. it's like that if you have a sense of purpose and meaning and mm. something to fight for, yeah. and the body will cooperate with you. Like, mm. And it is that, like, uh, Joe Dispenser always talks about it. You know, he talks about the, the pod, like, you have a placebo. With placebo is like, I'm, I'm taking this medication, that's, mm. it's, that's duds or whatever, but you believe it, so yeah. you're getting better. Next thing, it starts to manifest in your body. But there's also something called a nocebo, where okay. if you convince your, like, you're a hypochondriac, you convince yourself you're sick all the time, you're going to start bringing this stuff on that you're yeah. getting sick all the time so yeah. negative thoughts bring on negative emotions which 100%. bring on negative illnesses and even negative situations like you know, know can help us uh, to to get sick and i heard you you were talking earlier on about it learning to say no mm-hmm. and i heard recently that you know when i think it's in that book actually the body holds the key and it was like saying that you know when you when when you can't be authentic enough to say no because you're safe for people please or whatever that your body will say no to illness mm. so if you're always saying yeah 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 and you're worn out you're trying to be everywhere at once trying to be there for people and you're just mm. exhausted eventually your body will start saying no but okay. getting but burning out getting the flu getting sick you know all these things yeah. start to happen Okay, be over agreeable, kind of like yeah. yeah that yeah, we yeah. kind of learn to say no, or we, we can't be authentic. That mm. Ben has asked me to do so, but I don't want to say no to Ben. I don't want to let him down. I really want him to like me and improve yeah. me. So I'm gonna do, even though I'm stressed out, I'm tired, I can't make it tomorrow. But I'm mm. not saying I will, and you know, I'm just learning to say put your put your health first and say yeah. no because you keep saying yeah, yeah, yeah to everything. Eventually, your body will start saying no. Mm. The burnout comes and the illnesses come, and mm. you know, and just and and as well now. Is, is probably one of the most uh, productive tools that we have mm, 100% man. that's probably what you've mastered now after coming out the other end with it you know it's mm. literally just that shift of saying no to yourself you know Yeah. even though it's one little word with two letters it's powerful as fuck because yeah. uh, I've always been a bit of a disagreeable fuck that's what I remember as a oppositional defiance disorder is what I was dying what? so, what's um, that <laughs> I, I, the funny thing is I disagree with it as well but it's, like, <laughs> but it's um, that's brilliant it, I think the, like, all these ADHD dyslexia everything you can think of yeah, and, yeah. ADHD yeah. OCD BBC TV3 <laughs> everything I think it's just fucking geeks trying to label people yeah. you know? it's the school system if you don't fit in the school system you're, you're disease riddled yeah. you know what I mean and it's like fuck that so for me, being disagreeable, I think, uh, served well. You know, now you can be an asshole with it too. You know what I mean? Just being like for the sake of it. You know, you people. I don't know if you know anyone like that where you'd say something and they would deliberately say the opposite, mm-hmm. even if you set was one time I set it up to be like, this is the opposite of what I think, but I'm just going to pretend it's the other way. 
and they would still disagree. And you're like, yeah. that you can catch people like that, you know. So there are toxic fuckers out there, man. And that's a huge one as well as who you're around, yeah. as you're saying with mates and stuff like that. Like my circle definitely got smaller over the last ten years. And not that I had like fucking like heroin addict friends or anything, I wasn't that extreme, like, but it was a lot more partying and fucking MDMA and cocaine and alcohol, all these things like everyone does in Dublin and Ireland. And uh, not everyone, but a lot of young men would do that and lean into that stuff. And I think when you're around it, it normalizes it, as you were saying. Mm. It, it just becomes your reality then, you know? And yeah. then if it's like you're not doing it, then it's like you're doing something wrong, as you were saying yeah. earlier on, you know? So it's uh, just getting in front of that and living the life. I think living the life you want to live is going to be the thing that... Because that way on 80, it's like, yeah, I did what I wanted to do, you know? And if those things weren't sick, twisted, evil things. Like, it's it's like you wanted to have a family and help people and provide value to people and do things that feel good and you're proud of, you know what I mean? Yeah. I do think of that older Ben and what he'd look back on and like avoiding shameful stupid things that I think a lot of people including myself have ran into you know yeah. so it's uh, that whole again thinking that you're gonna die you know what What do you think the older Ben would look back on and change and change yeah. um, if you're on your deathbed now what would you think you'd, want, you'd love to do differently probably would have gone to counselling a little bit younger after, after the old man kicked it that would have been one thing I put that off for about 8 years and I was dealing with a fuckload of anxiety to being like oh no it's grand I got this I got this I was smoking more weed and more escapism so there was a lot of time wasted um, doing stupid shit crack had like don't get me wrong I had, obviously you're smoking weed a group of lads it's fun like you're pissing yourself mm-hmm. so there's good memories and shit at times but uh, there was a lot of wasted times and opportunities I think potentially missed out on you know, now, now at 30 years old, they've no regrets with those things. So they form me to who I am now. And now I'm happy with things. Not all the time, like life up and down. But um, it's, it's, uh, I feel like I'm in line with what I want to do. So it's, uh, so in a way, I wouldn't change a thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. But if I was to talk to younger Ben, there's some things I'd probably say to watch out for is speed bumps that are going to slow you down, if that makes sense. You know, so you get to where you want to go a little bit quicker. Like that's a better way of framing it. So what, what, and what were the speed bumps? Um, again, like weed consumption, fucking, I'd smoke that shit every day. Um, what else? And as much as you think, like, because I'd rationalize it, I'd be like, oh, weed's fucking grand. Like, it's it's less than alcohol, it's less than coke, yeah. you know, it's something you have in the evening to take the edge off. But when you're doing that every day and you're waking up groggy every day and you're kind of always, you need a coffee just to get the fucking day going, you know, something wrong there. You know what I'm saying? And uh, steroid use, that was one thing I was 18 starting off with that. I definitely would not have done that in hindsight. That was stupid as fuck. Um, I'm kind of like that I kind of would be a risk taker with things where I'd be like mm. oh let's get, it can serve you you can be like an entrepreneur and help people all that kind of stuff you know um, like when we wanted to have a baby I was like yeah I don't have a baby like I'm not like some people think on that I, like, if that's what you want to do respect it but I'm kind of like I'm going to be dead one day why not have a family now like fuck it you know yeah. and uh, even my fiance I'm with now three days after seeing her she just slept over and I always joke that she never left that's just an yeah, ongoing really, speech yeah. she's still sleeping over <laughs> Um, but 10 years now you know so I can make decisions quick like that which I like you know mm-hmm. um, but at the same time so decisive but sometimes you can make decisions that are a bit stupid if you make them too quick you know what I mean yeah. Um, so yeah probably less weed because um, we're living in a world now where a lot more people are smoking that a little bit here and there is fine and maybe if you're doing that instead of alcohol then yeah it's a better option than drinking every night but at the same time, it still takes part. Anything that takes a bit of your soul. I remember hearing someone saying that like you're taking tomorrow's happiness yeah. when it comes to like drugs, lust, alcohol, that type of stuff, pornography, all that kind of stuff, you know. So it's pulling back and that stuff. And I don't know about like finding God and shit. Like I haven't leaned into that kind of way yet. I know yeah. a lot of people do. And um, especially people that come out like 12 step and stuff, they kind of like give up to the whole higher power thing. Mm-hmm. Um because I've done mushroom trips and shit like that in the past, and that's definitely 
made me see the other side of the world if that makes sense yeah, or like yeah. this is fucking not in a party way but more of a yeah, find of yourself way so, yeah, you know? yeah awakening yeah and it's fucking wild man you know you really you remove the ego and you're one with everything as hippie as that sounds but it is very real when you experience ego death it's fucking wild uh, terrifying but uh that gave me a good shake up as well before yeah. you know so yeah the speed bumps would be watch the habits that's the big thing yeah um keep an eye on what ones are serving you and what ones aren't if you're working out regularly like that's grand like come on keep fucking doing that like but if you're smoking one cigarette two cigarette and you just you always have a cigarette at lunch and that's your routine or you always have a cigarette in the drive to work that's your routine that's a habit that's not serving you so like keep an eye on that shit and stop bullshitting yourself thinking that's just it's a part of your identity now you know yeah. and that's what i would have done i would have pulled back on consumption of things and the frequency of it you know yeah and that's and that's but you know the powerful thing is though even though you, you're talking about the, all them uh, challenges and struggles that you had hmm. like now you're only you're only 30 man and you have this profound wisdom and self-awareness of yourself that oh, you probably wisdom, yeah. <laughs> you probably wouldn't have though if you hadn't been through them that bit of turbulences in your hmm. life yeah yeah you learn from pain man it's the only way because yeah. when it hurts you don't want to feel it anymore and then you put preventative measures in place to uh, even now i'm going through like the same shit in terms of like there's times where work is stressful, times of like screaming baby waking up through the night, all these things, you know. But it's uh, not that you can put a preventative measure for a screaming baby, but you just have to accept it. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, it's it's kind of like, I don't know, man. It's, uh, yeah, it's a tricky one. It's, it's, it's wisdom would be, but yeah, it's kind of just learning from experience in a way where like I know what I don't want to do when I, I will make decisions that are in line with what I want to do in the future. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And uh, I think if you have a bit of a shitty upbringing, it can make or break you for a lot of people, you know? And uh, some people kind of like keep it going. As I said before, they keep the, the gene going. My dad's passed on now, but I can just become an alcoholic like that if I wanted to. Like, mm-hmm. I have the dopamine. Like I can get into something and keep doing that to a very high level and keep pleasing that dopamine devil. Um, but I know not to now. You yeah. know, so that's the type of thing. Being in con- again, control can be a good thing; it can be a bad thing, and I try yeah. to apply to things like that. You know, well, you have you have it's it's great that you have that awareness and that you can kind of see. Oh, this is starting to become mm. a bit fucking unhealthy here, and mm. kind of nip it in the butt sort of thing. Like, yeah, self aware is a very very tricky fucker to kind of get in front of because it was years. Like again, smoking weed, all kind of stuff, just escapism to avoid it nearly. Yeah, um, but I think that could be one thing most people work on because everything we spoke about up until this point about being an asshole to people and getting to cutting people off in traffic and my meditation helps all that stuff's great but I think you need to be the faster you're aware of your as I said my sister said oh you're being an asshole here and then Bonnie would say oh, my partner you're an yeah. asshole and two people are saying I'm an asshole the same thing everything that we said there is just about being self-aware and uh, the faster you can spot the holes in the buckets and plug them up I think the better existence you'll have and the better you'll people around you will be happier yeah. and less of a piece of shit. Like, yeah. I think a lot of people can run into that, you know? Yeah, 100%. Like, you can find the things, I suppose, you know, make you feel good. That the, the daily maintenance, that's what we found. Like, you don't get peace of mind, you maintain it, you mm. know? And if I'm good, then my conduct is good. Mm. But if I'm off, then I'm that's kind of ripple effect. I'm kind of mm. reacting, you know, I'm irritated. I'm kind of more like... A, a negative energy going around with the mm. things like I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm not I don't want to be here I'm not present you know and I'm just off but then when I kind of do that bit of work on myself and, and, and look after my health you know and I've always been told look out for health you know that the triggers is hungry angry lonely tired yeah. and if one of them four things are off you kind of like, have a look like are you eating enough are you eating well are you angry are you holding a grudge are you worried about the future or the past are you lonely and lonely is not to do with like 
a romantic thing. It's to do with authentic connections. You know, mm. you, you have authentic connections around you. You've good friends, as you said, good family people. You can take off the mask to be yeah. and be yourself and be authentic. And then third in this man is that we all fall victim to. We overdo yeah. it. You know, especially yeah. you're like me. You have that, that high energy. You like mm. to stay busy. But it's like the mind thinks it's 14 and the body thinks yeah. it's 90. You know, <laughs> and it's that disconnect yeah. where you just need to... Or the guy do anyways like learn to learn to rest like yeah 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 it's tricky man it's hard to not feel guilty when you're resting though i kind of yeah. run into that sometimes especially the, that's like the defect to it. it can be a good thing or a bad thing but it's it is important to switch off and mm. actually rest like going to a beta and look at that as a holiday that's not a holiday like, that's <laughs> yeah. even fucking more intense than yeah the you need a holiday after a holiday <laughs> yeah literally <laughs> you know? you're coming back from even yeah. more mayhem so it's kind of like yeah just look after yourself and I think doing things for you, good things for yourself and good things for others more importantly, but not people pleasing, as you were mm. saying earlier on. You don't want to like bullshit yourself and like catering to people's needs, if that makes sense. Yeah. More so genuinely helping people, you know, like holding the door open for someone or standing out of the way or helping an old woman with the shopping to the fucking car, like non dickhead shit. I yeah. think more people could do with, you know, because I see yeah. a lot of that out there, people just walking past people or you hold the door for someone, they don't even say thanks. Like just small shit like that. Like, you know, even if you shit going on your mind, like everyone does, just. I think being a good human and uh, contributing as much as you can and helping others and then doing things that help yourself, eating well, sleeping well, training. That's what started the whole work that I do, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just so the, others, you know? Do you obviously help others? You do that innately, like, you know, and it's, it's obviously a big part of your own kind of well-being. So tell us, like, how, how did you get into, like, the Better Man Project? How did it start? And Yeah, it was, it was um, again, personal training was the, the I went from bouncing, to selling a little bit of weed and uh, <laughs> as I was saying my, my first entrepreneurial uh, endeavor <laughs> and uh, I realized that, that wasn't really a long term road you know because it's the type of you're building fucking business on quicksand yeah. there man some like dude selling coke and he drives a beamer you're like whoa and then they get caught it's all gone in two seconds you know okay, what I mean? yeah. lose a personal training client it's not the end of the world you've plenty more you know what I mean so it's, it kind of looked at it from that standpoint you know and um, yeah so bouncing was the first little bit and because I was big and strong so I could apply that it was the first bit of skill I had then my mom and her mates were like, oh, you should do personal training. And I was like, cringed at the thought of it. I was like, fuck that. Like training a bunch of fucking soccer moms. It's not my scene. There are people who love to do that. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But exercise to music and spin class and all this shit. And I'm this big roided out 120 kilo powerlifter, like bodybuilder guy. I was like, doesn't really land well, you know. Um, so then I just leaned into it, did the personal training. A bit of one-to-one and then group training. And then it evolved from there. Then we stopped that. Set up a legging company. What well, my fiance did. Uh, fitness wear. Where it's just girls and like, uh, so I basically, I was looking for girls with big booties all day on Instagram and <laughs> sending them leggings to wear. And uh, and then they promote it. And that was our little business there. And then learn from that to lean into businesses that you are actually interested in in the first place. I think not passionate necessarily, but you have some level of skill there. So I knew how to get myself in shape, could help others. Then, yeah, then COVID hit. And then uh, the Better Man Project, two weeks of sitting in the shit that like everyone was in COVID. It was a miserable time for everyone. And I was sitting there, I was like, fuck this, I'm not sitting on my hole here. And then uh, during what most people were just chilling and loving it. I think if you loved COVID, I think there's something wrong there. Because I think it's like, it was the peak of escapism and doing nothing and just lounging around. So if you were at your happiness during COVID, I think your life isn't good right now. And I think you need to fucking address something. Because a lot of people I was talking with were like, oh, COVID was unreal. I playing fucking video games with the lads all day. And I was like, you're fucking 28, bro. Like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like, that's funny you're 16. Like... But it's like, like that's a bit of that's grand. As I said, a bit of dopamine feeding is fine here and there. But like, if that was what you were your happiest, 
I think something needs to be looked at. And I was not happy at that period of time. And that's where I was like, fuck it, I'll lean into the online coaching. And uh, yeah, so it's it just kind of took off from there. One to two clients, and then two became 10 and so on, you know? Wow, yeah. yeah. So it's absolutely flying now as well. I'm enjoying it, man. Yeah, it's fun. I like serving dudes that want to be served, that want to want to fucking uh, get a solid result. It's it's fun for me. Because like a little sculptor, you know what I mean? Like you're just yeah. putting together the clay model and each week to get leaner and leaner and better nick. And uh, the feedback you get from them is not just like, oh, I've got a six pack now, I'm sexy. It's not that. It's more like, oh, I feel good. My confidence is better. Yeah. Energy's high. I'm a better dad, better mood, all these type of things impacting my work. And that's where you hear the downstream effect of like looking after yourself and eating well and how important that is. And then uh, that's where I get the kind of joy from it. You know what I mean? It's fun. Yeah, you know? that's funny because I think when you start to look after your health and you start to get into a bit of shape, it, the, the least positive thing is actually the aesthetic side of it. For yeah. me, that was my energy levels. It was, I started to feel more confident. I, start, I was starting to be in better mood. You know, your libido gets better. Yeah. You know, you're, you know, you want to do more activities because mm. there's a hike on this weekend. You want to come and you have more energy. Mm. So you're like, yeah, we'll, or just we're going, uh, we're going for sea dips or we're going mm. for saunas or, and you know, you, you start to get more social and, yeah. you know, and you get more, you're building up this confidence and, uh, yeah, it's just everything just seems... There's no negatives to being in shape, like... No, no. Well, you can get a little bit too lean. That might be one thing where some okay. people, their testosterone goes the other way. But that's like 0.001% of people even end up there, you know. But it's... Uh, I think if you do it in a healthy way, it's not crash dieting and you look after yourself and you lift weights. Like, the, the best things that you can do, like, for yourself is to eat well, sleep well, and lift weights regularly and a bit of cardio here and there. Is there, like, a correlation with people that come to you with that one thing that they're doing wrong? A winginess. You know, what I mean, thinking they're doing something that's moving the needle and actually changing because they, they 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 want they want a result. You know what I mean? The guys that come to me and the correlation is that like they think they're getting a result, and then five years go by and they're still squinting to see if they've actually changed anything in their body. You know, and I always say it's like showing up to work and not getting a raise or making any extra money. You know, five years the same fucking job, you get a little bit kind of annoyed at that. You know, a lot of people want to get a pay bump or a higher role or whatever it is, or make more money in their business, whatever it is that they're doing. So for me, it's I looked at uh, the gym like that. It's like time invested. You're spending time in the gym and you want to be bigger. That's what I like. Some people like to go do cardio. It depends what it is. But for me, it's putting on muscle and getting bigger and stronger and things are getting leaner. Um, the thing I know is they think that that's happening. But if like three months, four months, five months has gone by and nothing's happening, that happened to me for a long time, but four years of that. Um, that's where it just nothing's happening. You know what I mean? And it, it's, it's kind of not delusional. Too, that's like an insulting word. It's like an asshole saying that. But I mean, you think something's happening when it's not. And that's where you got to kind of keep an eye on it. You know what I mean? Track your progress and make sure it's actually moving in the right direction. And then when you actually see the changes genuinely coming, not like bullshitting yourself, but actually night and day, you put a photo beside a photo, go, holy fuck, look at the difference of that, the mountain I climbed there. It's good. And as you climb that mountain of change where you're physically changing, the habits and shit you pick up along the way, man, are fucking amazing. Like, yes, your energy improves, your sleep, your sex, you have all the things physiologically, but like it's the discipline forged and the like, if you look at a guy in shape, you know he has a shit in order nine times out of ten. You know what I mean? Or someone's like morbidly obese, normally they have a problem with impulse and they have a problem with saying no to things. You know discipline. what I mean? So you can see it. Like your body is a walking billboard of your thoughts. You know what I mean? Whether you like it or not, and it's a, it's a representation of is he making good decisions? Does he have a shit in order? Like that's kind of how I view it in a way. You know, if I do, I'm not saying you have to be a jacked out fucking roided out bodybuilder. You know what I'm saying? But I am saying is that it's like being in good health. Your gut not hanging over your fucking dick. You know what I mean? Like like being able to see you like a man. It's important to be able to do things like that. Look at like uh, capable. You know, if shit hits the fan, are you of use? You know what I mean? Or are you just gonna gas out when you walk up a flight of stairs? Like things like that, you know what I mean? So it's it's 
I like to be able to know that it's Josh Bryant, my coach at the moment, says uh, gas station ready. And what he means by that, the story, it's a bit a bit more intense as a story, but it's like it's 3 a.m. in a parking lot in, uh, in California is where he, he works at, or Texas. And a, a homeless guy comes up to you with a knife and he's like, are you ready? Are you like fucked? Like what's, what's the crack there? You know what I mean? And that's what he deems gas station ready. Okay. You know? And it's that type of thing where it's even in extreme situations, you're still capable and... Kind of leaning on what we were talking to, the whole control thing. Yeah. Same type of thing, you know. You're able to take control of the situation and be like... Because that was a big thing when I was younger. A lot of dudes would be able to fuck up me when I was in school and shit like that. And be able to kind of like... Like, they'd give me like a dead leg and I wouldn't do anything back. Like, all that kind of stuff, you know. And it wasn't until I got in like a proper fight. Like, my first fist fight, fist fight was like 10 or something. Where I kind of was like, oh shit, you can actually look after yourself here, you know. And then I was kind of like, I'm not experiencing that again. And that kind of leaned, also leaned into the control side of me where... If you're big and strong and imposing, not that I ever use it to attack, but if it's it's like, don't bother trying to fuck with it. You know what I mean? Because it's mm-hmm. like it's unless you're like a UFC fighter, more than like you won't end well if someone's fucking six two, two fifty pounds and can deadlift three sixty. They're probably going to be able to do something to you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I kind of built that shield of like protection psychologically more so for yeah. myself. So I think for a man, the more capable they are in strength and fitness, I mean, look after themselves. That would boost your confidence as well, you know, yeah. especially if you're trying to meet a partner or build a business. Because if you can do it with your body, I feel like you can then do it in all other areas of your life. You know what I mean? Because if you can control what goes in your mouth, that's a very hard thing to do, you know. And I think a lot of people kind of lose one of that alcohol, drugs, all the things we spoke about already. It has to be consumed and hand to mouth type of thing. You know, if you can yeah. control that fucker, food is normally the first thing with that foundation. If that's there, I think you can lean into a lot of things in life with the business, whatever you want to do, right, climb the corporate ladder. I don't know, start a sewing club, whatever it is that you wanted to do, you know what I mean? But yeah. it, it, it's taking action on shit, you know, and it's uh, action leaves anxiety. So, as so it's like developing that discipline, again, to say no, and then you can kind of bring that to every other aspect of your life. Yeah. If it's food, you can bring it to business, you know, you can bring it to Everything. family and just, mm-hmm. yeah. And be consistent with it, you know, because it's easy to say no for a day or two and then go back to the shitty habits, you know, but it's keeping that standard for yourself and making promises to yourself, being like, I'm a fucking... Going back to that old shitty version of myself. Yeah, you know? and it's weird. Like, I got mad into health and fitness because, like, I was really overweight when I was in my 20s and mm-hmm. our early 20s. And then my dad was really out of shape. You know, he'd like 40 yeah, cigarettes a day, drinker, you know, like packs of biscuits, you know. But again, you look back, it's just, you know, comforting demons, like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And then I think there's a part of me that says, oh, I, don't, I really don't want to end up like that. And just being the opposite of that and being really conscious of my health and mm-hmm. looking after myself. But then, like, you think, like, man, long-term longevity, like, I want to be able to, like, pick up my grandkids in a few yeah, years. Man. and yeah, You know what I mean? And not, like... And I was like that. I was grateful. That I was able to kind of sort my shit out because when I was like eating, I was comfort eating. I wasn't eating because I was hungry. I was eating because I was chasing the dopamine and yeah. the numbness that had elicited every time I ate. Like you know? know. And then when you're kind of able to sort your shit out, you're not escaping into all these shitty foods like anymore. Like and don't get me wrong. You look. It's nice to have comfort and have that bit of fucking cake or whatever mm. the, the takeaway every now and again but like that if it becomes i'm so stressed out on my job i'm gonna go home and have a cake or i'm gonna have a few bottles of wine you know and then all of a sudden it just becomes this unhealthy cope mechanism and yeah. the new normal is doing it as much as you can as often as you mm. can reactive kind of living you know it's not yeah. a good way to be i don't think i would have done that for years man it's like oh, i'm a bad day time for a joint the fucking weather's bad time for a joint there's like anything just to justify it to yourself yeah. you know so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's just kind of being a stronger, better human and kind of, I think that starts with the food and the exercise, yeah. you know. So what, for anyone like that's like, wants to turn the health around, what, what are the three, the key simple advice you give to someone? 
as in what's going to have the best return on them, like mindset-wise or yeah, more like, physiologically? Both. For me, with my, we leaned into a lot of mindset there. It's saying the ability to say no and the whole usual be 1% better each day. I just think making promises to yourself, man, is a huge one, you know, rather than to others. Mm-hmm. You get me? I think that's a big one because it's very hard to break a promise to yourself. You know, like I said to myself that when I turned 30, I was like, I'm never having a cigarette again. I'm done with tobacco. And I'm 30 now, like fucking six months or something. And uh, there's been many times I met up some of the lads from school, things like that, and there was tobacco out again. And I would have been immediately like less than a year ago. And I get gives one there, gives a roll, he gives whatever it was, you know, even when I'm dieting down because there's yeah. no calories with it. So it's okay, you know, you justify it. Um, but when I was like, I'm turning 30 now, fork in the road, big moment there, and being a dad, which is even more important. I think if you're like a parent, that's where you really should be pulling the fucking socks up. Where most of them kind of lean into, oh, I'm a parent now, I'm not going to. I'm just a, the dad bod or just accept yeah. it. It's like, you should be even more on the fucking ball. You've got someone to look after. You know what I mean? And uh, it probably leans into, well, you probably didn't have that as much. Well, your yeah. dad got to turn his shit around, which is great, you know? Um, but I would have liked, being a kid of that, I would have liked a more present parent. Yeah. I think as a parent, it's your duty to do your best job and not justify what best job is. Be like, oh, I'm doing my best, but I'm eating Domino's every night. Like, you know what I mean? It's like genuinely make a change and lead by example. And uh, yeah, I think it's just be a, yeah, I think, I think top three to answer your question. Sorry, I got fucking ADHD there. Tangent off. Top three things to like kind of look at if you're looking to like feel good, like physiologically more so would be like at least seven hours of sleep would be huge. Sleep is the foundation more than anything else. Get that sorted first, okay? Um, I would say then start lifting weights. You know, if you don't know how to do it, get a personal trainer, figure out how to do it at least three times a week for 40 minutes. That is very, very good. Okay, it's the number one thing as well. I remember Jordan Peterson was saying this, that it's like that the only thing that keeps your brain active into old age isn't like Nintendo Switch games or brain thing, all crosswords and all that bullshit. It's lifting. Like, like physical exercise is really important. Whether that's hiking up a mountain or whatever it is, you know. So three times a week with that. And uh, well-balanced diet. Nothing exciting there. <laughs> but yeah. it's, that's what it is. Don't avoid food groups. I think if it's for ethical reasons or religion or something, fair enough. But if it's, if it's for like, oh, I'm vegan because it's healthy or I'm this because it's healthy. It's like, I think just have a well-balanced diet and cover all the things your body needs, you know? Like to see, like, whole foods. Literally that, man, yeah, you know? Yeah. For me, it's lean red meat, salmon, egg yolks, all those type of farm foods, you know? Like, okay. Look at what the Amish eat in America, like farmers. You see yeah. big farm boys down the country playing rugby and fucking NFL Texas boys. They're so, fucking monstrous people, you know? So yeah. it's a lot of that, in size and strength, I mean, you know? So it's it's uh, that would signify health to me. Like normally meat, around. veg, buds, yeah. yeah. Just good shit. Like, if you look at the, the tallest people around the world, um, there, I think that was like the, the the Nordics thing it was, but like they're back in the day, like thousands, like mammoths and shit. They're eating big, strong animals, and the nutrients in that are far more potent than that of like a chicken, a little tiny little fucking weak chicken or okay. turkey or something, you know. So the 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 where you're getting your iron, your zinc, all these things in, eat big, strong animals, and you're gonna feel better, look better. I'll say people do carnivore diets. Yeah, heard yeah, yeah. Very actually does that, doesn't yeah, he? Because yeah. he had an autoimmune disease, and he said doing a carnivore diet and it mm, seemed to help him a yeah. lot. I wouldn't recommend it. He does it because he has a disease, so it's okay. very different, you know, but just like it's a type of thing because you're not going to stick that for the rest of your life just eating red meat, like, you know, but it's, I think, bringing a bit of that in, actively losing weight. If you're carrying a shitload of weight, like, lose about 10% of your body weight and that'll have a massive impact on your energy, your sex drive, hormone function, everything. You're just going to feel like a badass, like 10 times better just getting in shape, you know? Yeah. If you don't know how to do it, either learn how to do it, like I did spend 10 years, I get a personal trainer or something like that, you know? Yeah. Show, that actually knows how to fucking do it as well. There's a lot yeah. of don't really know how to do it, unfortunately, you know. Yeah, that's brilliant, man. Um, okay, man, it's been powerful talking to you, but I just have a few quick fire questions to ask. Is that yeah. all right? 
So Ben, what's the what's the greatest advice you've ever gotten? Oh fuck! <laughs> Going through the filing cabinet there. Um, greatest advice I've ever gotten. Hmm. That's a heavy one, man. Sorry, I have a quick, quick fire question, but a slow, slow reply answer. Take your time, bro. Um, best advice I've ever gotten. Probably like top of mind. There's like fifty. Say less than necessary. Okay. That saved my ass in a lot of situations. You yeah. Know? And uh, I learned that from uh, the Forty Eight Laws of Power with Robert Greene. His book, it's very good. Um, because there's times where you should hold your tongue, and you're probably going to serve you well in life, you know. So just always say less than you need to, you know. I or one heard recently is like, never miss an opportunity to keep your mouth closed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the worst advice you've ever gotten? Worst advice I've ever gotten. It's more. It's ever like said. It's more seen. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. but it would be kind of like. Yeah, yeah, I would, that's what I was trying to say. Like, probably like not living a life like my my dad did, unfortunately, where I kind of owned him. You know what I mean? So it's kind of it was more seeing, like that's why I said it's like reverse advice. You know what I mean? Like they weren't saying anything, but they were living a life that I thought wasn't exactly a good life, and I learned a lot from seeing that of how not to live. You know, so I don't know. Probably like look at people that you don't like extreme examples. It'd be like, like junkies things like that. that not in a derogatory word to say it like that, but I mean they don't have their shit in order, and if you don't want to live a life like that they're on the extreme end of indulging, you know what I mean? And not doing things that are even closer in the step of that direction. I think it'd be a better way of doing it. So just kind of look at people you don't want to live like and do the opposite, you know? I like that. Mm. You want what I want, do what I do. What, um, what's something you still struggle with today? Hmm. I'd say, I'm struggling with today. I'd say... I'm still reactive towards things, man. You know, I would have a temper at a young age with things. And as I said, if someone cuts you off in traffic, I'd be quick to be like, ah, you bollocks, like that type of stuff, you know? So where I say the question again, it's kind of like, what's something you still struggle with today? Struggle with being like reactive towards okay. things, you know, if I feel like I've been crossed by someone. I would like, not like physically assault someone, but I mean, like I would double back and be like, what the fuck did you say? Like kind of like that, like, and it's good to just kind of, I'm getting better with it as I get a bit older, giving, giving less fucks is probably one of the best things I can I say there. So, um, yeah, very good read, you know, yeah. um, that has helped a good bit. So yeah, is that kind of answer or not? And that actually comes on to my next question. What's, uh, what's your number one book recommendation? Number one, um, the obstacle is the way I love that. Yeah, you yeah. Know, you know, I think yeah. that's a good one. I had the Daily Stoic there actually somewhere. Yeah, I, that I was going, that. but I was bouncing yeah. between three of them there. I actually already wrote a post there. I haven't uploaded about top five books, and that's their Daily Stoic and Twelve Rules for Life. But the obstacles, the way is kind of very. It's like a specific. It's like one page of the Daily Stoic, but it's very. It is a page in the Daily Stoic. It actually is one of them. I read that page fucking probably seven years straight now. That book. Um, but the obstacles, the way is one I come back to quite a lot. You know, and I think that's. Uh, because all you're ever doing in life is moving forward. You can't undo the past. And it's like yeah. the present moment is you're living in it. But I, I'm always very like a planner and moving towards things. And when shit hits the fan, that's where you learn from the pain or you are rewarded from the success. And it's, it's uh, I think that book's a good way to kind of steer you in the right direction, you know. And last question, what sort of legacy do you want to leave behind? Um, oof, legacy. The most important one is uh, my, my uh, family looked after and uh hands down and that my kids all i care about is how my kids and family view me i can give a fuck about like some like getting like a million followers up bollocks like you know i mean some people like crave that attention i'm not like that at all i like helping people don't get me wrong but it's it's uh my family like 
happy with how I, I don't know, looked after them or being a good father. You know, that's mm-hmm. for me the most important thing, being a good father, a good leader. The good leader, because that ties into father, partner, everything, you know, in my realm. Powerful. Yeah. Man, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, having a chat with you. And uh, yeah, so if anyone wants to get in touch with Ben, you can do so if you go onto his Instagram page and it's Ben Crogwell and uh, also uh, the Better Man Project as well so check him out I'll, I'll put all his links and all on the on the chat or on the podcast bio and uh ben it's been an absolute pleasure man thank you your mindset is phenomenal and uh your you've wisdom beyond your years thanks very much man thanks, so thanks for coming on man it's been a pleasure cheers bro